Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm Siobhan Booth and I am your host. This podcast is for anyone with an interest in mental health, overcoming anxiety and building confidence. One of the big questions that I get asked, um, this is a client question, and actually it's been a client question a couple of times, um, is how you can learn to be confident even when you've never felt it before. Now, in therapy um, and coaching, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, which depends on what you're trying to overcome, uh, it's usually quite helpful to think back to a time when you've been really confident. And occasionally we get a sticking point where somebody quite genuinely has never felt confident in themselves or never felt confident doing anything. And that is a minor barrier. It's not a problem for me. It's something that I'm quite used to hearing. But for people who are trying to learn how to be confident, it can be quite a big thing. If you've never felt it before or you don't think you've felt it before, it can be a bit tricky to work out exactly how you're going to achieve that. So in answer to that question, how you can learn to be confident even when you've never felt it before, it's quite an in-depth thing because confidence is not a standard prescriptive thing. It's not a series of attributes that you can just learn and therefore you're confident. So the good thing in a way about people who've never felt confident before is they can discover it for themselves. And they can discover what it is about themselves that makes them confident, what it is about themselves that they like, what it is about themselves that they are good at. And those are the kind of questions that we would start to ask somebody who has never felt confident before. Start to ask yourself this. If this was your question or if this is a question that you have maybe thought of before, start to ask yourself, what are you actually good at? And this is the other thing. People judge themselves really, really harshly. Um... We do it all the time. It's a bit of a shame, but it's one of those things. We judge ourselves loads. So when we start talking to people about what are you good at, what are you confident at, they struggle to find things because they think it needs to be something really, really big. But it doesn't need to be something really, really big. It can be really simple. It can be that you're great at cooking uh, curry, for example. But it can be something really straightforward. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be really simple. It can be that you're very good at reading. It can be that you're very good at being a mum. It can be that you're very good at being a dad. It can be anything at all. It could be that you're very good at making sure the dog goes out for a walk. It really doesn't matter what it is. The important thing is that it's something that makes you feel good and is something that you are confident doing. So often people say to me that they've never felt confident in their lives But when we start to explore it and when we start to ask about maybe some of the things that they've achieved in their life, we actually find little bits. We find little bits of themselves that are confident. And that's where a coach can come in. That's where a therapist can come in because we can start to tease some of these things out of people. So that's how you start to learn. You start to identify the confident aspects of yourself. And then we build on that. So we learn to be confident. It is a skill. We can get better at it. So we practice. We practice over and over again. We put ourselves in situations where we feel confident. And then as we build that confidence, we put ourselves in situations where maybe we feel a little bit nervous. And then we overcome those. And then we become more confident. And we continue that cycle of pushing, practicing and keeping going and being more confident pretty much forever, to be honest with you. I don't think there's ever an end result where somebody just is confident. It's just an ongoing process that we all have to go through at some point. 
particularly if confidence is something that affects you in life. So I have another question. How can I be confident without it coming across in a negative way? For example, overconfident is what's written here. So overconfidence can be a tricky thing. Sometimes people don't want to come across as arrogant or rude or whatever other words you want to describe those kind of people. Um, we all kind of know those people as well and we kind of question whether they're really that confident if they're having to display it so much. And this actually links back quite a bit to uh, my previous answer. Because confidence comes from inside you, because it's based on facts, what you're good at, what you enjoy, what makes you feel good, what you do over and over again that makes you feel confident in yourself. If that's what you're expressing, then it won't come across as overconfident. So when we're talking about overconfidence, we're sort of talking about wild claims of things that you can do without any, without any evidence, without any evidence that you're capable, without any evidence that you will definitely be able to follow through with that. That's often what we're talking about when we talk about overconfidence or arrogance or whatever other word you want to use. So in answer to that question, I'll just remind you, how can I be confident without it coming across in a negative way? Is to be really true to yourself and really honest with yourself. My personal opinion and what I do um, with my coaching a lot is that confidence comes from a place of massive self-awareness. So that doesn't mean that you think you're amazing at everything. It means that you know exactly what it is you're good at. And there will be things that you're not very good at. Unfortunately, we can't all be amazing. But when it comes to not appearing overconfident, the way we do that is by having a confidence that comes from a place that is completely unfallible, completely unshakable, because we know inside ourselves that it's true. So that's how we make sure we don't come across as overconfident. So another question. Why am I confident in some situations, but not others? And this quite helpfully links back to my first answer as well. And that's when we start talking about comfort zones. So there'll be situations that you're more comfortable in than others. And therefore, you'll be more confident in them. Because you know what you're doing, you know what you're talking about, whatever it is that you're confident doing. So when we come to different situations, there can be a lot of different things that go on there. Sometimes different people make us feel less confident than others. Sometimes different situations. A lot of confidence is linked to being able to do things effectively. So, for example, if someone asked me to sing in front of a group of people, I would not be very confident doing that. Because, to be honest with you, my singing is worse when drunk, but not great at the best of times. So that's okay to not be confident in that situation. I have no desire to be confident in that situation. I'm not going to work on my singing because it's not something that I'm interested in doing. So you don't have to be confident in every single situation. That would be amazing if you could be. And if you're somebody who genuinely thinks you are, then that's awesome, crack on, enjoy it. But for the average person or for somebody who's worried that they're not confident because there's situations that they're not confident in, then don't worry about it. It's completely normal. There will always be situations that you're not confident in. If one of those situations is something that you would like to be confident in or something that you need to be confident in, so an example of this that I see very often is giving work presentations, then that's where we can go through a coaching process to make you more confident in that situation. And that's when we draw on stuff from inside ourselves where we are more confident 
And that's where we draw on some of the techniques that we can teach you, some of the visualisation techniques. And that's how we build confidence in an area that you're not confident in currently. But the only reason to do that is if it's something you particularly want to do. So that's my answer to that question. Why are we not confident in some situations when we are confident in others? So another question. This is a um, client question, um, which I've heard a few times actually, and it's a very interesting one. The question is, I don't have any strengths or skills. How can I become a confident person? And that's a genuine question that I've heard um, several times in the therapy room. By the time people have got to the stage where they're uh, looking for therapy particularly rather than just a coaching program they're often quite low and in quite a bad place and they're often thinking very very negatively about themselves now this again all of these answers link to a certain extent because there will be something there will be something that we can find in your life that you are good at I guarantee it I've not been wrong yet you're welcome to try and prove me wrong but it won't happen there will be something in your life that you're good at. Again, I don't even care what it is. It could be playing games. It doesn't matter what it is. But there will be something in your life that you are good at. And we will find it. Absolutely. Definitely. But in answer to this question, this is a very negative thought pattern. If you're thinking about yourself that you have no skills and you're thinking about yourself that you have no strengths at all, then you're in a very bad place, unfortunately. And that's a really difficult thing to overcome. And that's when we start talking about anxiety, depression, and other issues that might be going on here. So this is where a therapy approach comes in. This is where building self-esteem, and we can start at the absolute bottom. We can start with somebody who genuinely thinks this about themselves, and I regularly do. We can start with that, and we can build it up. We can build up self-esteem. We can build up confidence in yourself. And then we can start pushing the boundaries so that you can add some strengths, you can add some skills, you can add things. So that's quite a good question and one that I've come across a few times. So I have one last question um, that I want to go through today. And again, this is another therapy question. This is something that I hear quite a lot from people who um, are not clients, actually. The question is, how can I help my friend who is struggling with low confidence? There's a few different aspects to this question because often it gets asked of me um, when somebody's looking to book somebody else in for coaching or for therapy, uh, depending on the need. And it's always a very difficult one. I don't really like taking bookings on behalf of somebody else because the coaching or therapy process is very much uh, self-motivated. Somebody has to come along and be ready for change. They can't really be bullied into it. They can't really be made to do it. Uh, we'll talk in a minute a little bit about hypnosis and how that works with this. Um, so in terms of helping out a friend, you can try booking them in for something like this if you really want to. It might be an expensive way of doing it, but it's entirely up to you. You can ask them some good questions. I mean, this is really a coaching um, technique now because obviously that's what we would do. But you can ask them questions. You can ask them what makes them feel good about themselves. You might get answers like nothing. That's where maybe a professional might have a bit more luck. But you can ask them about things. You can reinforce the things about them that you know that they like about themselves. You can reinforce the things about them that you know to be good. 
You'll find that they argue with you, but you can try. Points for effort, definitely. But in terms of helping a friend to be more confident, that's a very difficult thing. And it might be a little bit controversial, but in my opinion, a person's confidence and a person's mental well-being is their own responsibility. So there's an argument to which it's your responsibility to help them in that way. Because to be honest with you, in many ways, they should really be trying to help themselves. So make them aware of the options out there. I often get people on my social media who tag other people in my posts and it can sometimes lead to conversations over messenger because they've been made aware of something that's available so that can be a really good way forward. But try not to take too much responsibility for somebody else's mental health. Make sure you're prioritising yourself. Last week, um, last week's video was very much about being selfish and being self-aware um, so have a look back at that if you haven't seen it uh, but that would be a really useful thing. So the other question that I was going to do at the very end, it's not really a question, I haven't written it down, but it is quite good fun, is does hypnosis really work? This is always a big one. So my first love was hypnotherapy. I've developed into a confidence coach using different techniques as well, but I still use a lot of hypnosis. Does it work? Well, that's always a fantastic question, isn't it? Yes, it does work. But it has to be the right thing for that person at the right time in their life. They have to be engaged with it. And it has to be something that they go away and practice because hypno hypnosis is not a mind altering thing. It does alter your mind, but not in the way that people think. It's not an instantaneous change that occurs in people. And this is something that I'm going to be talking about at the Super Self Summit because our brains can change their structure. They can change the way that they link to other parts of our brain so that we learn to do things quickly. And when we're talking about using hypnosis, we're talking about doing it on a sustained period of time, practicing over and over again to make sure that those changes happen in the brain because otherwise people just go back to what they were doing beforehand. And hypnosis gives us a fantastic way of practicing all sorts of things. It can be practicing relaxation, which for somebody with stress or anxiety can be a massive thing. It can be a fantastic tool for helping with visualization techniques, quietening down all that extra stuff that goes on in your head, just so you can focus on the thing that you're trying to achieve. It can help with mindfulness techniques. They're very similar in some ways, but different in others. It can help with a whole host of things. So that's just a little add-on because everybody always asks me if hypnosis works. And I always say yes, absolutely, if you want it to, though. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. You can find more information and my extensive blog at www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxietytoconfidence.com.